Welcome to Inspiring Careers in Nursing, a production of Villanova University's M. Louise Fitzpatrick College of Nursing and WXV and U Health Radio. In this series, we will explore some interesting career paths for nurses, especially through the experience of other Villanova nursing graduates who may have taken the road less traveled. We hope that you will be inspired through these career capsules. Hello, everyone. I'm Mary Alice Morrow. I am a Villanova alum and a retired Navy nurse, among other things. Today's guest is Nicole Blanche Guerin, class of 88 of the Fitzpatrick College of Nursing and a 1994 Widener Law School graduate with a concentration in health law. Nicole currently works at Axis Capital, and she is the global head of accident and health reinsurance claims, managing a global team that handles complex cases and negotiates direct agreements. Nicole, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me back. It's nice to be back on campus. Tell us about your journey from nursing school to the present day. So I'm a traditional bachelor of science undergrad degree. I came to Villanova as a freshman right out of high school. I did the traditional four-year bachelor's program. I graduated and I really wanted to work in critical care. So um, I got a job at Hahnemann University Hospital on Broad and Vine Streets in Philadelphia because that's where the action was in critical care. I really wanted to work down there. So I started off in the CCU Um, And then they had a great opportunity to do a critical care nursing internship program, which was a combination of coursework and um, rotation through their 14 ICUs to get a CCRN. So I was prepared to sit for and took the adult critical care CCRN at the time. Um, And I loved it. I loved working in the ICUs, and I ended up working in the one unit I said I would never work in, (laughs) which is the open heart uh, and lung unit. So I I worked on, if anybody remembers Hahnemann University Hospital, who's listening, 8 Main. Um, It was a scary unit. It was an open unit. They Right across from the OR, they rolled cases out. But the thing I loved about critical care was you really got the opportunity to learn how the body works and how it responds and do a complete full systems assessment. It was great, um, great education, great experience. I worked with a great team, and I really loved it. Um, I did start a master's in nursing. I started at UPenn, um, and I was thinking about getting um, a master's in in nursing administration or nursing education, I wasn't sure. There weren't a lot of nurse practitioner options open at the time. And there was a lot going on politically, staffing-wise. There was a big nursing shortage. And I decided I wanted to go to law school. Just give it a whirl, see what happens. So I did take the LSAT and I applied to a bunch of schools. Um, I knew I would need to continue to work nursing through law school. So I picked a local law school who happened to have um, a professor that ran the health law department who they had recruited from Harvard. Barry Furrow is a great program um, at Widener Law School. Um, I took lots of um, healthcare and ethics-related classes. Um, thought I was going to do health policy. So, you know, I, I had a vision in mind when I started. Um, and I did a lot of activities as a, as a law student, typical law students do. Wrote for the Health Law Journal, um, was president of the Health Law Society, um, did a bunch of internships. I had an internship in the U.S. Attorney's Office and an internship with a federal judge, which was really fantastic just to get to learn the legal system. Um, but when it came time to get a job leaving law school, I interviewed for a bunch of positions, including um, Veterans Affairs in D.C., and I, I really wanted to do health policy. Um, and... I went through the whole process. I just got jaded 
Um, and I ended up, my first job out of law school was working for a MedMal defense firm. So I did MedMal litigation, also known as professional liability litigation, for a while, and discovered I really hate litigation. I just don't like it. <laughs> There's a lot of writing and paperwork. Um, so then I started looking around, and, and I, I had sent a bunch of resumes out. Um, and I, I my first in-house counsel job, I was hired as a, a junior in-house lawyer at a, an insurance company, really primarily focusing on workers' compensation. Um, and so I, I did a lot of um, legal research and contracting work, and um, they were growing their managed care team, and they needed another full-time person in the managed care department who would negotiate contracts. Um, and they said, you know, would you be interested in doing that full-time? And I said, sure. Um, I was the only nurse attorney in the company. They did have a bunch of nurses who had um, experience doing case management, medical management, um, some vendor management. So I, I went into the managed care department as a business person, not as a lawyer or a nurse, but to do strategic um, negotiations. It was before we had all these big national networks and multi-specialty networks. But I really got a good insight into how healthcare works um, and who does what and how much they get paid and where the pain points were. Um, and then I did that for a while, learned systems implementations, things you never thought as a nurse you would ever do, um, implemented claim systems, implemented standards of care, uh, review standards, et cetera. Um, and then um, they wanted somebody to work on a short-term disability uh, product filing. So I went back to the law department and started working on a regulatory filing, which was another new experience for me and learning about the differences between short and long-term disability and how they're regulated and what the 50 states do. And it was great. Um, and I, I did that for a while until I, I got the opportunity to go to another company. I got a phone call from a headhunter who said, hey, would you be interested in changing jobs? And I was like, eh, kind of happy where I am, but yeah, maybe I'll take a new job. <laughs> Depends. Let's hear what they have to say. So I did go to another insurance company um, in Center City, Philadelphia, as uh, a higher level in-house counsel, um, but still uh, an associate general counsel role. And um, I did a lot of contracting for accident health products in addition to workers' comp products. So I used my foundation in workers' compensation and managed care contracting to work on um, other accident health products. That was the first time I worked in accident health. And while I was at that company, accident health did really well. Um, but unfortunately, the company went into receivership. Hmm. So they were in runoff. <laughs> and my regulatory background came in into play. And I got a phenomenal amount of experience. You know, you hear that, you hear your company's in receivership, and you're like, oh, I better go get another job. But I have to say, it was the best legal experience in a shortened amount of time in terms of managing reinsurance arbitrations, managing claim collection and premium collection litigation. I got a lot more exposure to more complex um, actions than I would have if I had stayed at a law firm or stayed at another company or jumped. So um, sometimes you just have to embrace the unknown. Um, and so that, that was my foray into reinsurance. Um, I've worked for a reinsurance broker. Um, I've worked for uh, insurance carriers. And now uh, I'm a reinsurance, I'm, a, I'm working for a reinsurance carrier in accident health, handling those. So, so insurance is, is what you and I have for, for our health benefits. But behind every insurance carrier or an employer who may be self-funded, 
there is a stop loss policy or reinsurer or somebody who takes that risk that's above a certain dollar threshold. So typically, you might see somebody who has a specific claim limit of 200000 um, maybe on their whole program, they're going to take $5 million of risk. And if they have health insurance claims that go over $5 million in the aggregate, they want somebody else to take that risk. So that's where the reinsurers sit. And what I do in my role, in addition to managing the team that, that really processes the claims on a day-to-day basis, takes them in, reviews them, we try to match up our customers with resources that help them help people get to the right level of care for complex cases. So where they're you know, where they have uh, a complex injury, where there's a NICU baby that has multiple complications, um, if somebody needs a stem cell transplant, if somebody has a rare disease, we want to get those people to the right healthcare providers and make sure that we pay, pay a fair price for those services because some some of those services can be really pricey with the new um, cell and gene therapies. We're looking at, you know, upwards of three and a half, four million dollars per mm. treatment. So um, pretty much everything I've ever done in my career, I use in this job. Yeah. yeah. And you know, how, how expensive healthcare has gotten over the past many years, um, how important it is to use that, the, the foundational nurse in you to, to inform these policies and procedures. And, and how has that come into play in this work that you do? So um, Critical care, as I said, is a really great foundation because, you know, even doing that critical care nursing internship where you hear about, you know, they they had bone marrow transplant back then. Um, I did get certified as a transplant nurse. All of that clinical knowledge informs my evaluation of of the services. It helps me understand what's going on with the patient, what's going on with the member, and what services they need. Um, It also really helps when you're trying to negotiate a contract with a facility or a provider or a drug manufacturer um, to to know that jargon, to know that yeah. language. Um, and, you know, it also helps in my day-to-day, you know, as nurses, when you're in, you got your checklist of things you have to get done. So we're great at triaging, right? Yeah. Um, it It's very easy in the ICU. You know what's life and death. It's a little harder to rank things in the non-clinical world as to what's life and death, but you still have those core, I still have those core triage skills, right? I still develop my task list and I I take a look at my week, what has to be accomplished when and who I need to follow up with. Um, So all those skills from clinical nursing assessment, assessing the situation, I constantly use that, the, the nursing process, like assess the situation, what's needed, what can we do, what's the intervention, how can we make this better, what needs to happen in what time frame. Um, and then evaluate it. What what impact did that have? Did that did that get the desired outcome? Did we get the person to the right facility? If it's not working out at this facility, can we get them somewhere else? Mm-hmm. So the triage, the troubleshooting, the task management, all really help and in this I, role. And I think also understanding um, things, emerging technology like the stem cell um, uh, opportunities, like genetic, you know, all the genetic stuff that's going on all right now. All this rare disease stuff that's coming out, yeah. And and prioritizing that to understand who is going to, how it, how it can make the biggest benefit for the most people and, right. and prioritizing, the, you know, the, the small amount of money that's out there for that who's in the eligible? best way possible. Who, who is really going to benefit? Who's going to be a good fit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what are some of the biggest healthcare trends that you have seen and are helping to solve for? So... I think the biggest deal is the in the U.S. market and the North American market, it's inflation of costs. Um, 
And it's definitely trying to help employers provide good benefits to their employees at a reasonable cost. So helping support them, you know, that that's not their business. They're not in the business of, of providing healthcare benefits like a Cigna or an Aetna or a Blue Cross. Um, so r- really, I feel the most benefit from my work is, is in the self-funded employer group or, you know, in the large group insurance. And on the international side, um, it's also access to specialty care because, um, and, and it's understanding cultural differences um, in what's an appropriate level of care and what the expectation is. It's very different globally. And the company that I work for definitely has a global presence all the way, you know, from Singapore um, and, the, and, and through the Middle East, um, all of Europe um, and, you know, um, Canada and the U.S., um, and a, a lot of travel products, so people who are moving internationally, it's getting um, the right resources to help people return to their home country for, for good care or getting them to the right facility in the U.S. if they're here for care, again, at a reasonable yeah. reasonable rate. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, how did Villanova education, how did your Villanova education help prepare you for your current role? So, gosh, lots of ways, right? So, I mean, academically... There's no need to discuss this. Villanova Nursing Program is worldwide known for their educational services. And I will say, when I first started working in the Middle East, I made contact with a Villanova nursing graduate who happened to be um, uh, a director of of health for the Sultan of Oman. It was very helpful in helping me understand the local environment. So alumni connections, very valuable here at Villanova. Also, I think it's the student activities. So I, I did lots of student activities here. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I was actively engaged in the Student Nurses Association of Pennsylvania, um, and um, it was it was great to to reconnect with a former classmate and talk about learning how to do a resolution, how to write, you know, um, what whereas statements were. Obviously, that helped me in law school <laughs> a lot. Um, but uh, the exposure to other nurses through the through the Student Nurses Association of Pennsylvania, and then the National Student Nurses Association. So I. I did a term uh, as secretary of the State Nurse Student Nurses Association, and then I ran for a uh, position on the national board of NSNA, and I was a director at large for a year, traveled around the country visiting other nursing programs, understanding where people were coming from. And, and there, there was quite a variance in nursing education back in the day. Um, but at the same time, I still had to manage my academic course load um, and focus on getting through some of these classes um, with the help of my classmates who took notes when I wasn't there. So it was great. So, um, you know, great academic um, preparation, great activities. I, I, I was in a sorority, I joined a sorority, I really liked that. Um, I rode on the women's crew for a year, also great, great way to meet people. Um, so the diversity of activities that Villanova offers an undergrad, I found really valuable. And and over the course of a lifetime, because things come up all the time. Yeah. Like, so it's great. Yeah, the the value of those relationships and that network can't ever be overstated. So, Nicole, what would you recommend to someone who wants to get into your your uh, line of work with a nursing background? So I, I will say it's probably not the first thing that pops into people's heads, but we really need more nurses in reinsurance claims management, especially for accident health. Um, as I said, when I first got out of law school, I did professional liability. I did med mal defense. Nurses are greatly needed in the professional liability claim world. Um, auto claims, like understanding, you know, the human body is the same. <laughs> and injury yeah. to, to the tissue is the same. Um, the treatments change, the technology changes, but that core understanding is really great. So I, I would recommend 
you know, if somebody's considering getting a law degree, we talk about the Bachelor of Science in Nursing, great foundational degree. You can do almost anything with that degree. And I feel like a law degree is kind of the same thing, right? So you can work in litigation if that's your thing and you love it. Fantastic. You can work for a corporation and provide advice and counsel um, as in-house counsel. Um, you can you can transition. I, I always tell people I'm not really a claims person. But every opportunity that came up that somebody offered me that was interesting, I took advantage of that. So I would say take advantage of all the opportunities you have in your current position or current employment to learn something new. Even if you learn it's something you never want to do again, at least you have that baseline understanding. Um, and I think, you know, that happened when I rotated through all the adult ICUs and I thought, oh, I'm never going to use bone marrow transplant again. I'm not working in this unit. And then it comes up almost every day in my current yeah. uh, my current role. So I would say definitely take advantage of every opportunity that's in front of you. If somebody offers you, you know, a critical care, care nursing internship or somebody offers you a certification in workers' compensation, take this course and get your certification or take this course and get your certification. Definitely take advantage of that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you did that's so important is you were willing to try other things and not um, be adamant about staying. No, I, 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 signed up to work on this unit and I'm going to stay on this unit. But, you know, you, you may go kicking and screaming to the other unit, but wow, really gives you yet a whole nother set of skills that will come back sometime in the future, guaranteed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even like in law school, because I, I worked as a critical care nurse to fund law school, I worked at Coach Chester and they had a burn unit and I did not want to go to the burn unit, but I did. Um, because, you know, they said, if you want to work and make money, which I did, you got to work in the burn unit today. And um, that was an, an experience I would not have had if I wasn't flexible. So, yeah, yeah it, um, all good experience. Absolutely. So, Nicole, thanks for sharing uh, so much of your journey so far. And, wow, it sounds like you're pretty darn busy. So, uh, you know, today's world, especially post-pandemic, self-care is really important right now. And so what would you recommend for each nurse in your organization in terms of self-care or even just your colleagues? Yeah, so I think it's important definitely over the last three to four years, you know, starting in March of 2020 when we all went on lockdown and um, – the, the awareness of the need for self-care really increased. And I, I encourage um, the folks I work with um, to take a break during the day. Um, you know, as nurses, we tend to work through lunch. Like, that's a thing. That that hasn't left me yet. Like, I, I literally have to set an alarm to do that. And you can um, probably eat in under five minutes. Yes. <laughs> I still, still can do that and go all day without using Absolutely. the restroom, right? So um, it's really important to take that time for yourself. Um, good nutrition and, and not mindlessly eating snacks at your desk just because you're hungry. Um, I think getting up and getting outside and taking a walk. Um, I also think... Um, you know, reading something that's not related to your current position, you know, read a good fiction book, um, get out there um, and, you know, uh, relax and listen to a podcast if your eyes are tired of looking at the screen at the end of the day. Um, so many things um, that you can do. I, I will say I do have a stand up desk and that I, I set a little reminder so that I at least stand up for two hours a day, one, at least one hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon if I'm not doing it on a regular basis. And I also have one of those little treadmill things underneath the desk that I try to use if I haven't been able to get out yeah. you know, and get around. But you've you got to keep moving. you got to keep your body moving, um, and you got to give your brain a chance to, to unplug on yeah. occasion. Yeah. So what's on the horizon? What other adventures do you have coming up? Uh, so that's a good question. Um, we've returned to work. We've returned to an office, which I haven't been do been going to an office for a while. Uh, I'm back to traveling. I really do enjoy the travel that's involved in this role, um, meeting with our clients, meeting with our vendors all over the world. Um, I enjoy that. 
Um, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I have been heads down working on uh, a white paper on cell and gene therapies, uh, what's out there, what's available, why it's important. They're um, very contemporaneous because um, FDA approvals are picking up and they're rolling out the door. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully um, some downtime with my family at the beach this summer. Wonderful. There's nothing better than that. Um, so what is one thing you think is the most important to tell our listeners as they consider their own career journeys? I think keep your eyes and ears open. Be flexible. Embrace the opportunities that you have. You may be uncomfortable. Don't be, you know, terrified. It's okay to be scared. Everybody's scared when they try something new. Um, but be open to those new opportunities and learn as much as you can wherever you go because it will always benefit you to have have that baseline knowledge. Again, like, you know, even if you know you're never going to work in that area again, the information could be very valuable to you in the long term. Um, and I think if, if you are in a clinical setting and looking for other opportunities, look around, see who comes in and out of your hospital, see who comes in and out of your clinic um, and ask them what they do. Ask questions. Um, be flexible, be curious, and engage, and, and take advantage of those opportunities in front of you. Yeah, I love being curious. That's really that's really important. Um, so thank you so much, Nicole, for your time today. As we close, what one piece of advice would you have given to your younger self, or would you give to your younger self if you could? I, I think I would probably have told my younger self to relax. Um, everything happens in good time. Um, I was pretty ambitious and I was pretty focused on certain specific goals as a younger, um, a new graduate. And I think um, maybe I, I didn't spend as much time smelling the roses perhaps as I should have. <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, definitely um, be patient, be kind to yourself, you know, um, just because something doesn't work out the way you think it will at first doesn't mean it was in your best interest and that something better is not going to come along in the long run. And I think early in my career, I was disappointed by some opportunities that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. um, and in retrospect now, thank God I didn't get those. I completely agree. The, I can say the exact same thing. The, the immediate disappointment when you, in, the, in hindsight, uh, is probably the best thing that ever happened. So. Right, right. Well said. Yeah, yes. It goes away. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole. It was a pleasure having you with us today. We conclude this podcast with thanks to our featured guest, Nicole Guerin, and to you, our listeners. I am Mary Alice Morrow, inviting you to tune into our series focusing on careers in nursing. These podcasts are presented by the Villanova University Fitzpatrick College of Nursing and WXVNU Health from the studios of V89.1, The Roar. WXVNU Health podcasts are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.